Hey, girlfriends, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, Love and Magical Life Coach, and you are listening to the Past Life Travelogue. Allow me to be your tour guide through time. As we talk about past lives, the Akashic Records, soul contracts, reincarnation, healing, and more on 360 Talk Radio for Women. As a love and magical life coach, I help women find lasting love or live an empowered life by offering past life readings, magical life coaching, and love coaching. You can learn more about my offerings at nevertoolate.biz. That's N-E-V-E-R-T-O-O-L-A-T-E dot B as in boy, I-Z. Nevertoolate.biz. And now, on with the show. Hi, this is Ronnie, and this is my little preamble before we go heading right into the past life travelogue reading. I just want to say I did this reading for Renee, and she wanted to have a better understanding of what was going on in her life because she had picked the wrong men many times and experienced a lot of emotional and verbal abuse, and she wanted to understand know what is this about and what can she learn from it from the big picture of her life going into the Akashic Records and I have to say it was very surprising for me because it ended up not being about a romantic relationship but we did get to the root cause which happened to be in ancient Rome and it was a pretty fascinating story and then we did a lot of healing work, a lot of letting go and releasing and then replenishing of energy as well as reconnecting with some other really powerful lives that she had and bringing it all together in the end so that she can tap back into those lives now and use her skills and talents uh, that she's collected over many lifetimes. So I'll be quiet now and we'll go into the reading. Enjoy. Renee, welcome to the Past Life Travelogue. What did you want to work on today? Thank you so much, Ronnie. So I would love to look into the records, look into past lives about maybe there's some reference to why in this lifetime, for all of my adult years, I picked the wrong man. I um, have been verbally abused and emotionally abused. And I, I put up with it. Not only that, I didn't walk away. I'd stay in these relationships so long. And I allowed myself and even work situations, friends for so many years, getting better about it now. But I'm wondering after decades of allowing this, is there maybe some karma, maybe past lives that I hurt people or so I'd love to look into the records on past lives that have are referencing this now or have an effect of why, why I'm going through what I'm going through in, in this carnation. Very good. So we already said the prayer. So let me just tune in. Wow, there is a lot of, there is a lot of energy here about this. Let's see what comes of it. I'm just curious. You probably know your guides. So I encountered somebody very large, like big energy, bigger than human size. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with a guide like that? Yeah, I do have one guide that is with me and will be with, always with me. And he is a guide from back in the biblical times. Yeah, he, he's bigger than life. So, okay. Mm -hmm. He's my main guide. All right. Very good. This isn't the past lives yet, but what I've learned is I just have to say whatever I get, and then that works like a siphon to bring in more information. So 
Um, so the first thing I'm hearing is that right now you are clearing up a ton of karma. Like you are working your butt off in this life to just clear, 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 clear things up. So the first thing that's happening is you're being acknowledged for the intense amount of hard work that you have done. So don't think it's gone unnoticed. Don't think it's been a waste of time. You are right on track and doing exactly what you need to do. So I think that's the most important thing. If you hear nothing else from this whole reading, I think, you know, that's just to me, that goes really far. So let's see what comes up now that we've said that. Still not a life, but we'll get there. This, there's no punishment happening. This has nothing to do with punishment. This has to do with you learning about yourself and trying different angles in things and learning to stand up for yourself, learning to navigate difficult and strenuous emotional situations. I mean, you totally took the plunge in these things and went in deep and, and fought your way back out. So, so that's what I'm hearing. Let's see what's next. Okay. So there was a life in Egypt where you, I'm not sure if you were nobility or not, but you were, yeah, I'm going to say you were, you weren't like the Pharaoh or his wife, but you were in the royal lineage. And so you, you actually had a job to oversee. I'm, I'm trying to see what, but in any case, you were not very compassionate at that time. And you had a vision of what needed to get done and it had to get done and you weren't going to put up with anything. And people were completely dispensable. It just, it, you know, didn't, you weren't interested. It was just about getting it done. You had a task, you were going to get it done. That's it. That's contributing to, because in this life, you certainly are in touch with compassion because you're also learning compassion for yourself. And that's a pretty tall order. Self-compassion is harder than, and I think anyway, than compassion for other people who are struggling because when you're struggling and then you get mad at yourself that you didn't do this or you should have done it better or you should have known better or whatever it is and then to have compassion for yourself that's really one of the underlying lessons of everything you're going through is to have self-compassion I don't know how that feels to you yes absolutely all right so I'm, I'm like okay can we see some lives now please I see life in the wild west. Isn't that funny? I, I don't know why the cowboy stuff cracks me up. Why is it any different than anything else? But anyway, so here we are. I would say you're, you know, a dance hall girl. And that was not an easy life. Although I will say you made the most of it. You were sometimes unhappy, but you made the most of it. You enjoyed what could be enjoyed, which I think says a lot. And and so there were times when you thought in a way you were going to be saved by some of the men you met because they told you they would come back and take you away and you could be theirs and you would have a life together and you get married and all that kind of stuff. And they, they never, 
the, you know, the guy, the few men who said that or whatever, they did not come through. And that was, it just felt heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. So, and you know, that has to do, that was a very different time than we have today, but it has to do with allowing the power to be outside yourself instead of inside coming from within in that mm-hmm. life where you put your hopes on a man externally. And in that case, you know, in the 1800s, it's understandable why that would happen because women didn't have the ability to be as independent. I mean, you had the one job that did provide some independence, but you still had somebody else watching over you and, but definitely more independent than some women for sure. So kind of a mixed bag there, but the idea of putting your hopes on a man. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that's still happening in this or has happened in this lifetime. Uh, in your relationships. Does that make any sense or no? Yeah, I'd never put my hopes on a man for material to take care of me materially, but I certainly put my hopes on a man for emotionally and romantic and be together in love. Yeah. And I think that 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 was the same. Go ahead. A lot of disappointment. I think that was the same in those lives. It wasn't about the money to you. It was about getting out of there and building a life together and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, now, it wasn't being a gold digger or anything like that. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah, because I always made my own money. But for many years, I did something, things I didn't really, wasn't my passion. So I would have loved to have a man, uh, you know, and I did. I, I had many men, but but uh, they always emotionally let me down with the with the verbal abuse or emotional abuse. Okay. All right. So let's see what else. Ancient Rome. You were a senator's wife. And there was, you know, this was very visible and quite a bit of societal pressure. Uh, You had to appear a certain way, keep your home a certain way, kind of like it would be today as a politician's wife, right? There was a lot of just backstabbing, nasty politic kind of stuff going on, as there is today. So let's see what's going on there about your relationship actually in that instance you were betrayed not by him not by the senator your husband but by people surrounding him and people surrounding you and friends and family members because everybody wanted something and you had a very kind heart so you tried to provide and help and you Uh, Because you're a compassionate soul and you wanted to do the right thing and you had very high standards. And it feels to me like you were also, for some reasons, very innocent, even though, I mean, you just believed and wanted to see the good in people, you know, Mm -hmm. which you would think would not be really a fault, but it's not a fault, but you needed to be clear about what their agendas were. And you were just kind. Yeah. And no boundaries. Oh, no boundaries. Yes. And so you were terribly taken advantage of. And I think it became a whole downfall for the senator as well. Like it created a scandal and whatever. And that is something that is just the most underlying fabric of so much of what you're going through right now. And it wasn't even from the romantic relationship, but it did crush your relationship with him and uh, with 
all these surrounding people, family members, long-term friends of family, other politicians. It was just nasty. Mm. And really, the only fault you had was you were kind and didn't have strong enough boundaries. You weren't, you weren't politically astute. You weren't mm -hmm. catching on to that what they wanted was not going to be in your best interest. So you were very taken advantage of. And that feels like the origin of a lot of what you're going through. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? How does that yeah. feel to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because that wasn't that wasn't really romantic. I mean, it was with your husband, but that wasn't really the problem. He wasn't the issue. It was just everybody was hanging on you. It was terrible. Okay, so let's see what else. Okay, so I'm hearing let's clear that. Oh, let's go. Because so, that's like, uh, that's a lot there. So, okay, so if you would close your eyes and... I want you to imagine that you're going to walk into the Akashic Records library and however that looks to you is totally fine. So just take your time and let me know when you get in and you walk in and um, you're going to see a guide. So let me know when you're inside and see somebody or feel somebody or hear somebody. Okay. Okay, very good. Now this guide is gonna take you to the annex. There's a healing temple annex on the library. So you're gonna go down a hallway and you're gonna make a turn and you're gonna go down another hallway and then you're gonna walk in. As you go through the opening, you see it's like a massive, like a old cathedral or a Parthenon or just a big empty stone room that has sacred energy and it has an opening in the ceiling where you can see the sky as well. And there's, it has like big windows, big openings and stuff. So there's plenty of light. And there's a small bench, like a piano bench that's got cushioning on it. And you can go and sit on that bench. That bench is for you. Okay. Now I want you to just call in your guides, your beneficial ancestors, your angels, you know, whoever you want to be with you at this time, whoever can contribute to your healing and be supportive with you. So call them in and let them just fill up the room if that's what it takes, you know, however many it is. And then some. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> you, there's quite a few spirits there. It's amazing. Ooh, there's a lot. Oh, definitely angelic presences for sure. Michael, Raphael, Metatron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I work with Metatron, love. Yeah. Michael, Raphael, and Metatron, those are the ones that I always work with. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so here we are in the temple. So now what I'm going to ask you to do is take some deep breaths and relax. And just decide if you're ready to release this. And if you are, let me know. I'm ready to release. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Now we're going to let go. And what's going to happen is there's coming from above in that hole in the ceiling, there's like this funnel 
and the wide end is at the ceiling and a skinny end is off somewhere in the sky and it's a vacuum and it's just gonna pull everything out of you that no longer serves you any leftover residue residual yuck any emotions beliefs limitations whatever no longer serves you you're ready to let it go whatever you can release just just let it go just release and it'll all get taken out of your energy field out of your body this vacuum is going to clear it all out. Whatever you're ready to release is going to go. And it just goes up to the ceiling and it's just being pulled, pulled, pulled. And let me know when you're clear and take as much time as you like. It's cleared. Wow, that was intense. Yeah. All right, now, so the vacuum has left and now coming down through that same opening is the most delicious golden light, golden, purple, white sparkles come floating down, filling the room and surrounding you and filling your body, filling your aura. And it goes into all the empty spaces so that you can be whole and healed. Just let it fill in every empty space that you cleansed, everywhere you released and let go of that energy it just fills you with universal energy, universal love, the celestial vibe that makes up the universe. And it just filters into every molecule and every empty space, filling it with love and joy and lightness of being. And it just fills all your body, completely fills you, spreads out into your aura, making you the most gorgeous ball of shimmering, beautiful, universal, celestial light. And this is connecting you with the truth of your being, your soul, your higher self, the highest parts of who you really are. That's great. So now you can say thank you to all those who came to support your healing and facilitated your healing. And the room will clear out. And then when you're ready, you can walk back and find the guide. And the guide will take you back to the door of the library, the exterior door. And just feel the gratitude and say your goodbyes. And thank the guide from the library. And then you can, when you're ready, you can step outside. And then come back into the room that you're in and into your body bringing back all that fabulous light with you. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Okay. Yeah, my crown chakra was tingling and opening. I got this massive wave. I was like, whoa, that's like, it was pretty serious. All right, let's see if there's anything else in there. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about it or that I need to know? No, it was great. I did feel a big shift. Amazing. Okay. Excellent. All right. So let's just see what else there is. A Native American life, Southwest, Navajo, medicine woman. Okay. So this is a life where you were really close to your true, your truest purpose, your highest being. And that is obviously still with you. You can access that medicine woman part of your soul anytime. And 
uh, when you need to feel power, like if you're having a hard time with a boundary or somebody is not treating you right and you don't feel you have the energy, call on her. Okay. Because she's a part of you and she will kick butt. She'll give you all the energy, strength, knowledge, and wisdom you need to solidify your being, protect yourself, let people know this isn't going to happen, but in a very, not in a brusque way, in a very masterful way, so that you're not being rough and pushing people away or whatever. You're just managing the energy. It's kind of like, I don't know really anything about a keto, but the little teeny weeny bit I know is about using their energy against them rather than having to use your own energy or to be aggressive. It's deflection. That's the word deflection. And so this is something you're ready for now. You don't have to stand up and put your hands on your hips and let people know what for, because you're actually beyond that where you can just deflect their energy. And this is a skill you're embarking on, you're learning, you're already starting to become familiar with it. And this is, it's like as if you were Wonder Woman and had a shield, you know, it'll all just bounce off. And that's where you're going to get to. And that's where you are. Actually, that's the place where you're standing now and you're learning how to do that, which is tremendously exciting because I think that you have actually reached the end of the line of being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so now it's about standing in your power, but learning to stand in that in a masterful way. And that's what comes from this Navajo life as a medicine woman. Our lives aren't always sequential in terms of our learning because you might come and learn something else that had nothing to do with the power that she had and the way she stood for herself and the way she stood for her people and how she helped people and how masterful she was at all that, you know, we don't, it's not linear. So, mm -hmm. so don't think, oh, I fell back so far. It's not like that at all. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. So in that lifetime, she just took care of so many people and it never drained her, never drained her because she knew how to work with the energy and she knew how to say no. And she knew how to draw upon the earth and the sky to get what she needed. And so through her magic, she actually defended her whole tribe from some attacks. I mean, it was a serious, magical, shamanistic life where, and you were, you were so masterful. So let's see what else there. And any questions about that? No, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> let's just see if there's anything else you need to know today. Greece. So ancient Greece, I, I, I your lives seem to be going back very far. So you must be an extremely old soul. I, I mean, you do have a biblical yeah. guide, right? So ancient Greece, Oracle of Delphi, you probably worked at the Oracle. And, and this is really interesting because while you could tap into your gifts and share everything people needed to know, that was a huge boundary issue because you were sort of a servant mm. and you had no life as a result. You were, you know, you gave it all away. And so 
that's coming back into balance now. There's the part of you now with the part of you then is coming into balance so that you don't, you're not giving it all away anymore. Uh-uh. So I was one of the readers, one of the reader readers of fortunes yeah. at the Oracle of Delphi. Yeah. 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 Then Atlantis, do you feel drawn to Atlantis? Oh yeah. I, it's very interesting. It's very uh, Palladian, I think, or. Is it? You know, so Atlantis, you were around right when, of course, things were starting to crash. And I don't think you were there for the end of Atlantis, but you were, it was getting towards the end. And there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of political dissension. It was, it, there were really two different factions and you had to stand your ground. And it was not easy to stand your ground because you knew what you believed and you were not going to be, you were not going to yield. No. Mm -hmm. And you did not yield. And you ended up having to pay for that. Mm. It was cost to not yielding. Let me just see what that's about for you now. That's right. You, you know what? You stood up for your, what you believed. And uh, I think that it caused the end of your life. But mm. you did not have regrets at all. And so I'm not predicting your death for standing up for what you believe now. So don't go there. Mm. Uh, but what I'm hearing is that you can be that strong anytime. Mm. Anytime. You've already learned that lesson. So what's happening here is so many of these lives are coming back into play now. And that's where you're gaining your strength from. So another exercise, we could do a, another quick exercise where if you want, you can um, close your eyes and imagine there's a ball of golden light over your head. And I just want you to call back all the parts of yourself from all time and space, all the beneficial, highest energy parts of yourself, uh, the parts of your soul, the learning that you had, the strength and power that you had, whatever that can serve you well now, just call all those pieces of yourself back from all the different times that would serve you right now. And let them just come pouring into your energy field and coming in and finding a place to be with you in your field. Nice, very strong. Okay, how you doing? Mm-hmm, lots feel of the crown. Yeah, well, let me know when you feel complete with that process. Okay. Very good, okay. So then when you're ready, you can open your eyes again. So, well, that was an interesting tour. Yes, that was very interesting. My head, my crown's still so activated. It's crazy. All this tingling and opening. Hmm. Wow. Oh, thank you. That was beautiful. Oh, you're so welcome. There's a lot of, there's, I see like Manoa, Crete, you know, you, you did all those places of antiquity for sure. A tigress and, and um, Sumeria too. Sumeria. I, was, I had like, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You're like the um, Western Civ is what we called it when I was growing up. World tour of ancient history and geography. You, know? <laughs> you had um, a lot of interesting lives. You know, I see. Uh, what was the Minotaur? Was that from Crete or Manoa? I don't remember. Uh, 
but the, with the bulls running and stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a lot going on. Anything else? Any other questions? I think that's it. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Excellent. How fun. My pleasure, Renee. I hope that you really enjoy connecting with all those parts of yourselves and really connect with that Navajo shaman because she she's every bit of you and you're every bit of her. Yeah, I always feel a very close connection with American Indian. I know I've had several lives as American Indian, so I will hold on to her with all of my healing. Yay, excellent. All right, well, thanks again for being part of the Past Life Travelogue. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to the Past Life Travelogue on 360 Talk Radio for Women. This is Ronnie Ann Ryan, your tour guide through time, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you feel past life patterns apply to your life, schedule a past life reading or try magical life coaching for deeper guidance with your life challenges. Insights are invaluable. You can learn more and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at nevertoolate.biz. Next up, stay tuned for my show, Breathe, Love, and Magic, which includes a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life on a spiritual path and maybe find love. You'll hear interviews on intuition, tarot, mediums, shamans, synchronicity, healing, nature spirits, plant communication, and so much more. So stay tuned.